Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, along with my good, good pal, Dave Damashek. Charlotte Wilder is out today. I don't know. I think she's, um, I think, well, she spent the last couple of days chanting in front of voting facilities. So her, her, I think she's hoarse. She's lost her voice. So, but she'll be back Monday, right? Dave, is that what you heard? I think so. No, yeah. I, I, at last check, I think she crawled into a bottle and, uh, and can't get out now. I don't, I, I think, <laughs> I don't know if it was celebrating or sorrow one way or the other. We'll have to make a go of it on our own here. Today. She'll tell us what, what happened Monday, but she didn't leave us empty handed in terms of our uh, extra points for extra pay parlay. Yes, we've made the FanDuel better over $2.4 million. We struck out last week. We each make a pick. FanDuel boosts the odds. They boost the points and we're going to make you money. We're going to go three for three today. We will tease that. We'll have that later in the show. And also I'm going to tease it. I'm going to tease it right now yeah. and say... You've outdone yourself this week. I, really? I, I know the pick. And I, I mean, I don't know if it's right, but it's it's uh, it's ballsy. That much is for sure. And also, you must give us uh, your Sunday night pick, too, because the, oh, okay. because it is important. Sal is officially the Sunday night football whisperer, with especially with picking the dogs. When you pick the dog, listen to Sal. Take it to the bank. It's almost a certainty. Well, we'll go over that. Yeah, that's the big game this week. Tampa Bay. New Orleans, uh, Breeze, a little, little iffy with the shoulder, but we'll discuss that. Also, coming up later in the show, the great playmaker, Michael Irvin, one of my favorites. I'm a big Cowboys fan. Obviously, Dave, all Steelers. They butt heads this weekend, and we're going to get Michael Irvin's thoughts on it. I, You know, he was always one of my favorites. My favorite was Emmett Smith. Uh, that quickly took a uh, turn south. I'll get into that story sometime down the road, but... Uh, Deion Sanders, okay to me. Troy Aikman, same. Michael Irvin, always, always happy. At least pretends to be happy to be on with me and talk to me. And Dave, I know you've dealt with him before in NFL. Oh, Network. what a delightful man. Yeah, he really is uh, a lot of fun. I'm surprised Dion would make your, uh, would be under consideration for no, the winner's yeah, no, stand. I, I guess he kind of, oh, because of the his tenure in Dallas wasn't that long. But I guess you could make a case because he was kind of, the the thing uh the the player off of which that rivalry kind of pivoted from yeah. Niners to Cowboys, right? He swung things in in right. your team's favor. I certainly rooted against him enough, but that was a sweet, what was it, like a 40 yard grab to kick off Super Bowl 30. I was there, Dave. I was there. You yeah, can count your no championships, but the ones that count are the ones you actually saw live. And for that, I believe I'm up one nothing on you. Cause I saw were, were you at any Excuse of those? Excuse me. What? I wasn't what at, I wasn't at them, but I but uh I'm ashamed I'm ashamed to brag that I I remember watching Super Bowl 13. It's fine. I watched Not it the on the TV. Not the so, same unless you're there. That's just how it is. Got to be I mean, there if you if you if you actually embrace that as a Cowboys victory rather than yes. a sad sad effort by poor Neil O'Donnell, um, no. then, then that's on you. But um yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, Michael Irvin's delightful. I can't wait to chop it up with him a, a little bit. Um, I always say though, for real, if I let you know, I like to the what if it um, about pro football, and I really think that the Buffalo Bills, Scott Norwood, makes that kick in the Bills' first Super Bowl against the Giants, Super Bowl twenty-five. Mm -hmm. If he makes that, outside of obviously the Buffalo Bills themselves, the greatest victims of that were those Dallas Cowboys because it really is. It's you know, 
Frazier, Joe Frazier matters because he went against Muhammad Ali. That's, a, mm-hmm. you know, the, that it was a titanic foe that he collided with at, at, in the championship uh, bout. Same goes for those Cowboys. By the time the Bills got to them, they were like a punchline. And, and, and the Cowboys just kind of, um, you know, punctuated that fact. But if the Bills had a Lombardi, then they would be a scary team. Waiting there, even if he lo- they lost the next year to I guess rip it, yeah Washington ripping ripping beat him up a little bit yeah it, it did help it didn't help that we just had to win to stay on par with the Giants but what a win that was fifty two seventeen and then a little scarier the following year when we were losing at halftime and then shut him right down yeah yeah but the narrative on that cut for what it matters and it does matter because that's how people remember it that's the mm-hmm. same thing as do we have to red asterisk uh these championships or anything no it, it happens in our brains it doesn't happen in who some the hell is actual red physical yeah, this, book. Is, this is something you've completely made up that was a dynasty right there not red i'm not saying anything well, we can ask michael Irvin about it but i'm telling you <laughs> i know that he and i know you surely have brought this up to troy aikman and all those guys you bring it up to them, they're raw. They're not like, yeah, we did it. How great. They're like, man, we should have won at least one or two more. They're, they oh, they yeah. left meat on that bone. But also, the uh, uh, the 52-17 or whatever, it was 50, uh, is that the final? The, um, yeah. The, b- again, by the second half of that game, people were like, man, the, the story wasn't like, ah, the Cowboys. It was, man, these Bills, this is sad. Three yeah, Super sure. Bowl losses in a row. How pathetic. If instead it had been, Jim Kelly, the one of the great QBs. I mean, we would we would hold Jim Kelly in a completely different light, Thurman Thomas, and so on. And yeah. ergo, we would then hold the Cowboys in in greater esteem because they would have vanquished that team. All right, I I I have no pers- perspective because I hold that I couldn't hold them in higher uh, esteem or greater esteem right now. But we'll, we'll talk to. Maybe Michael I think Urban they would be it. the greatest dynasty of the 20th century, and that's hard for me to say. But that's how you we would say regard it. them. Say it now; it's fine. I won't. Uh, no, it's the Pittsburgh night, Steelers. The gr- the greatest dynasty, not the San Francisco 49ers. Talk about a Super Bowl team that we thought maybe could go back. I you know I know the Super Bowl hangover and everything, especially for the losing team in the Super Bowl doesn't do well. Uh, traditionally the following season uh, I was willing to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt I'm like I don't know all that pre-snap motion and everything Shanahan's got it figured out they play good defense now the injury bug has bitten them harder than anybody for sure I mean it's sad and now yesterday without Garoppolo who looked like was making a little bit of a comeback had a little strength in that ankle and now Kittle is out a bunch of weeks and now they're just done now they're uh they're under 500 right 34-17, 34-17, the Packers won. That was a clunker of a game. The spread was six and 48 and a half. That 48 and a half actually meant something, Dave, because did you see them driving? The 49ers drove. They, they stuck that- one in with four seconds. They were calling timeouts on that last drive. They had no chance for anything. Gambling's it really, I, I was just going to say, I mean, that's really, you know, if you've if you've ever been in a Vegas sports book in moments like that, people who don't know, who've not experienced that thing of like watching March Madness or Mm -hmm. uh, a Thursday night football game that was decided, um, uh, you know, two hours ago. It's so much fun in those waning moments when Mm -hmm. the sports book or in your own living room watching it on TV, um, thanks to FanDuel. Either way, when you're riding that, come on, we need one more score, people could walk into the room and think you're insane. Uh, You know that if they score here, they're, 
they're only going to lose by 17 right. here, right? Like, you don't get it. Get out of here. Yeah, that was a dynamite moment for gamblers last I, I want to tell, we'll get back to that game in a second, but I do want to say, and uh, maybe I get in trouble for this, but the producers at Fox, Fox Bet Live, which airs at 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday on FS1, I'm on there with Clay Travis, Rachel Bonetta, and Todd Furman. They told us to not speak poorly about the NFC East. They're like, come on, this is a network. I guess the idea is Fox Bet, who is their their little brother to Fandle, so I don't mind saying this, but Fox Bet services that Northeast area, which is obviously Pennsylvania, the Washington team, the Giants, especially those three. So hey, we're gonna we're gonna focus on these games. Fox has those games, those teams every week. Let's not crap all over the division. And I laugh at it because I'm like. This is a gambling show. This is the point. You're missing the point. We're saying, yes, these games suck, but here's how you make it good. Take right. Washington minus three or take the Giants plus three. Or like, like no, 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 just, just be cool about it. First of all, the fact that you step to Clay Travis and say, this is what's bothering us, the things you say, it's crazy. Like, okay, <laughs> the fascist remarks about the Eagles need to stop, Clay. But no, I uh, I think that is what makes gambling great. You could take a terrible division like the NFC East and put eyeballs on it because of gambling, because of fantasy implications. Am I wrong wrong about that? In its, in its most basic um, terms, when you explain... There, it's it is surprising in our Lord year 2020 that you have to explain the 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 notion of what the point spread does for people. It's the right. I I actually think legitimately Steve Kornacki and John King have done a service that you if you can just connect those dots that that's what they're talking about. That's what the spread is. In fact, John King I've I've heard literally use instead mm. of the differential in votes. I've heard him say that's the spread, and I I wonder if that. Yeah. Um, set off any light bulbs around America. Oh, that, oh, just the spread, the di the difference between the two. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> pretty straightforward yeah. stuff, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, of course that's, and, and by the way, nothing, uh, nothing new. I've, I, I've been reprimanded, um, in my life for disparaging the New York jets during a bad year as if, um, as if I'm telling people something they didn't already know. Um, so yeah, so, so well, I'm it's not also surprised great by your because, note. because we have to show graphics to support. Okay. So let's say we're breaking down giants and the Washington team, and we have to show graphics to support our, uh, pick or like Pittsburgh and Dallas, like, okay. Um, and all the graphics they allow us to show only all, all it spells out is that this is a ter terrible division. Like the point differential is minus 86 tops in the league. Like, all right, we're allowed to show it, but we can't say it. we can't have any commentary on it. Like, I mean, I, you know, listen, yeah. Cowboys Steelers is one, but last week was even bigger. 19 and a half for the Chiefs and Jets. That would be a complete tune out of a game. Yeah. Except if you're if you're looking at that 19 and a half, it was compelling. Right. Through four quarters. Sam Darnold's handing off at midfield with 40 seconds left. No, no interest in covering the 19. All right. But anyway, that was a bad game. Yeah. When uh, Nick Mullins goes down like 14, three, I think you could probably say, forget it. It's not, <laughs> that's not the guy you want there. Um, Packers seem to be back in a flow. Now Devonte Adams is just don't bet against that guy. I think he was five to one to catch the first touchdown pass. Um, they're pretty good. They're really good when Aaron Jones plays offensively and their defense. Well, while it looked like against the run early, they're going to have some trouble. Aaron Rodgers made it so it didn't matter. So, yeah, that's what everybody is circling. The cynics out there rightly are, are saying that uh, that may be the downfall of Green Bay, that they can't stop the run. But more significantly, as you touched on, this is a global rule. 
as I say, Q, full QB saturation here in 2020. Everybody has a halfway decent option at starting <laughs> quarterback. Um, Who, who's ours? Who's America's team? And I well, mean, I, 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 yeah, as <laughs> your starting option. That wasn't your starting. Right. Uh, your season started with a with a good one. I can't help what happens once you're on the number 17 in the season <laughs> at, at QB. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's you you your window for winning. Jeff Schwartz and I talk about this all the time on minus three. Your window mm -hmm. for winning is very limited if your quarterback is pedestrian. Jimmy Garoppolo True. is fine. He can win games for you. He's not going to probably lose a ton of games for you, but he's not likely to win you a bunch either. Same thing as Jared Goff. Same thing as a lot of these middle class, shall we call them, QBs that populate. Uh, pro you'll football. get a you'll get a Nick Foles every now and then. You'll get a Trent Dilfer, obviously, because that Ravens defense was so great. And while Jerry I mean, Goff, who you mentioned, right. was what made it, but and and Jimmy, I think G, the but, number one. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the. Um, the martyr for all future QBs in that position is Joe Flacco. Like the, the Ravens had to, you had yeah. no choice, especially after you talk about being informed by your own franchise's history. They, after they won their first Super Bowl, they decided to go away from the guy who wanted Trent Dilfer and get Elvis Gerbach. Then people in Baltimore went oh, crazy yeah. about that. And so then with that experience, Joe Flacco doesn't just, get them there, but is really the main reason they win that Super Bowl from right. that month-long run. Now they're jammed. Now we got to keep him. We can't let him go, but we know he ain't the guy to do this for another half dozen years, but what are we supposed to do? And uh, now uh, Lamar Jackson gets him off the hook with that a little bit. But by the way, that's to me, you say the game of the week, yes, Bucks and Saints. To me, the game of the week is uh, is the John Elway Bowl, Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis. All right, Bulls. let's hit that. Let's hit that in a, in a few uh, quickly because I know we have uh, Michael Irvin waiting soon. Uh, Ravens, Colts, yeah. So, okay, so we go on. I write down the numbers. And then right before we start, Dave says, wow, the Ravens are down to one and a half. They were two and a half. They were two and a half all week, down to one and a half, 48 and a half is the over under. Every three weeks or every month, I have a game, Dave, where I like a team on Monday and then I hear all the noise and everybody has a similar analysis to, to, to mine. And I'm like, oh God, I got to switch. And that is the Ravens. I think I'm switching to the Colts here. I think the Ravens is a sucker better of the week. Everybody's got the same thing, the breakdown. Okay, well, Lamar doesn't want to be embarrassed again like he was with Pittsburgh. So now he's going on the road to play the Colts, who are a little overrated in everyone's eyes. They have a good record. They're at the top of that division. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we have a scatterbrained potential at quarterback position for Phil Rivers. Ravens, minus one and a half. That's easy. Yeah. I think it's too easy. What the hell's going on? Colts defense, I think, is better. He's not getting a break from going to the Steelers defense to the Colts defense. I don't know that being on the road matters as much. I'm turning here. I'm taking the Colts. Come on over to our side, Sal. You know, this, <laughs> uh, this is the right way to go. And not just for this week. I'm talking about for the rest of the season. The Tennessee Titans are fun. And talk about middle-class QBs. I know everybody likes swooning over Ryan Tannehill. Nice story, post-Gase and all of that. Um I, I, the, the Colts are going to end up winning this division as defenses mm -hmm. start to uh, start to pick it up more. Here we go. We're at that point in the season. It may not happen this week, but over the next, it's already begun. And over the next few weeks, you will see the defenses start to rise up and play a bigger and bigger role in these things. The Colts are loaded. The biggest bugaboo that they have in their way is the QB again. And I don't know how we regard Phil Rivers, especially against what could be a, uh, a big pass rush from the Ravens, but still. 
I expect that they're going to more and more the Colts, Frank Reich and company are going to start leaning more and more, not on old man Rivers, but the big defense and the big wide receiver they got from USC, Michael Pittman, and the big running back, Jonathan Taylor, and this will be their path to the AFC South crown as the Titans, who will still get to the playoffs, regress ever so slightly trying to ride the right arm of a That'd be nice. QB. I'm okay with that. Uh, Marlon Humphrey out. Probably a bunch yeah, of other I mean, players big, too. Big. We don't know that that that's big, right? The Ravens. Um, that that helps Philip Rivers. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure with the Colts because you know all the fantasy fans are like, oh, T.Y. Hilton. He doesn't. He's of course hurt. Like, how are they doing this offensively? Jonathan Taylor's nice, but he's not lighting it up. Phil Rivers is is Phil Rivers, and yet they put wins together. I kind of think they're going to do it again. All right, Dave. Let's talk about Cardinals Dolphins. Can Another I tell you one. something very fast though? I doubt sorry it. To, I doubt I'm it. Sorry. But go ahead, try. Unlikely, yeah. Uh, long odds <laughs> against that. Let me say this very quickly because I it's worth, yeah. it's the John Elway Bowl. Because as I've said to you before, oh, yeah. if if Cleveland, if 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 John Elway just signs his contract after the Baltimore Colts draft him and he plays in 1983 for that team, there's mm. enough excitement in Baltimore that the Colts never leave. They don't go to Indianapolis. Still, Indianapolis has a stadium and they want uh, a team to fill it. And Art Modell needs a new home. So he eventually moves the uh, Cleveland Browns down to there. And uh, the Colts are over there. So there's no such thing at naming the the former Browns after Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's uh, piece. He's the most mm. prominent writer from there. Instead, they're in Indianapolis. So they say, they look around. Let's do the same thing. Who's the most prominent writer? Kurt Vonnegut. Who's, what's his most uh, uh, famous book? Slaughterhouse-Five, most famous character from it. Isn't the Raven? No, it's Billy Pilgrim. Ergo, the Indianapolis Pilgrims do it with Ray Lewis and those guys winning a title there, period. Interesting. Okay, you can well, cut I, it out. I, I, I don't care. No, cut I it all not, out if you're not interested. No, I appreciate you keeping it short. I didn't think you could do it, but it, you did. You kept it very, very I short. I hit the gas as best I could. Do. I actually do uh, appreciate the perspective because I get lost now with the Cleveland and Indianapolis and Baltimore thing now. I just know that, oh, Baltimore, Indianapolis, it seems like if Chris Berman was doing a highlight or a preview for this game, we would see that Mayflower truck leaving in the middle of the night. But I still can't figure out. I, in I'm a better lost. day, in a better yeah. day, you would shake up the divisions when they were five division, five team divisions. That mm. is the missing piece. If you would plug into already the great rivalries of the AFC North, if you plug the Indianapolis Colts into that because of what we just uh, are talking about here, it would be even juicier. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to another game. Okay. Now, this is this is another one. Cardinals Dolphins. Uh, a minute ago, a minute before I go on FanDuel, the line is five. The Cardinals are favored. The uh, over-unders 50 on FanDuel. It goes down to three and a half just moments ago. We're taping this on Friday morning. Uh, 49 and a half is the over-under. I don't know why. Maybe Joel or Jim, you can figure out why this I went did. down a point. Did you figure it out? Dave? I think Arizona's got uh, some, uh, some oh, they pluses do. in their in their building. Is I that you. right, Joel? I got you. Yeah, someone looked that up. That must be uh, what's going on. Um, Dave, though, regardless, has been waiting for this for a long time. Exciting. Uh, like, basically like a, a six-year-old uh, who's about to turn seven, and we hear about his birthday for months and months and no, months, and now reason. it's here. The, the, the name call. Well, let me just say it's because you claim this is the best number one versus number one in terms of quarterback jerseys matching up. True? Well, they were talking about it. Uh, Pete Schrager, thanks for the uh, shout out. Nate Burleson immediately playing cynic and said, what about Warren Moon? Well, he need you need two to tango 
True. One plus one equals two to tango. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, by my research, I'm no research uh, giant, but still, I could not uh, reveal any um, proof that uh, Warren Moon ever played Jeff George when he wore number one or Dan Mc uh, Don Mikowski wore it for a little while with Detroit. They never went head to head. Kyler V2 at the greatest 1v1 matchup ever joining the likes of Russell Wilson v. Carson Palmer, the greatest three versus three matchup ever, mm -hmm. Breeze versus Romo, nine versus nine, Aikman versus Young, eight versus eight. Oh, it goes on and on. It does, right? I mean, as many numbers as there are uh, to match up. That's how you got You have that. Two Maybe through 19. We're about to be uh, one through 19. I'm just you, over the moon about you're it. You're going to uh, release that on Twitter, right? Your top uh, 20 numbers? I don't know. I, I guess You I bet your paid. ass I will. There you go. Uh, as you want to see game, it? The game goes, yeah, I do want to say. But as far as the game goes now, I don't, I'm still not used to the Cardinals being favored by, you know, more than a field goal anyway. But, and it's weird that they didn't get a full grasp of Tua last week against the Rams because they didn't do anything. They didn't have to do anything that Dolphins offense. Um, they killed the Rams. So maybe they didn't see enough tape on Tua. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm going to go with the home team, minus three and a half. They're fresh. They're coming off a bye. Tua on the road. Uh, maybe just doesn't have enough. I think the Cardinals win this by seven. Yeah, well, people talk a lot about um, momentum and it's not a real thing. Call it whatever you want. It's feeling good. It's feeling confident. That's, I mean, people lo love to mock and get uh, cynical about the notion of who's got the momentum and who doesn't. Yes, I guess it's uh, not. A, I, I understand it's not tangible. Mm -hmm. I do think that Flores has the Dolphins believing for what that matters. You can feel that there's a certain energy there. The, what, what's interesting, though, is the idea that I, I could see them going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, if Tua costs really? them, let's say, this game, at what point are you going to be like, okay, I mean, we're actually run, making a run at the playoffs here, and maybe our better option in the in the very short term is the old man. I, I, I think that's going to be a weird spot. Not after see. this loss, though, right? He'll have been one-on-one. -on -one. They can't yank him. After I don't know. At some point, Arizona. I could imagine the locker room kind of rising up. It certainly seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick has his advocates uh, yeah. at his peer level. But yes, I'm with you. I think um, coming off of we kind of forgot about Kyler already. People have moved on or returned back to this guy's the MVP. That guy's the MVP. Last time we saw Kyler Murray, he mm -hmm. was beating Russell Wilson um, in overtime in a huge spot. And that team has a chance to win the division. If he wins right. the division, Kyler Murray, I think he's he has a real shot at MVP, no matter how much people want to doubt my preseason pick. There's a lot going on. Kyler MVP still in the discussion. Could have both these guys, you mentioned Flores and uh, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe coach of the year. A lot, lot of, uh, of postseason awards up for grabs in this week nine uh, Cardinals-Dolphins ma uh, matchup. You mentioned the COVID issues with Cardinals. I mean, it seems like every... Man, yesterday, yesterday, I think there were seven facilities closed down or five facilities closed down. Another one today. The Raiders were actually fined and they lose a pick for violating COVID rules. 500K, they lose a sixth round pick. I don't know if it seems harsh. I don't know. It seems like the Tennessee Titans held the league hostage for a month before they were allowed to come back. But the Raiders specifically had an indoor activity, albeit like a charity uh, function that they went to maskless. The lineman now is uh, Trent Jones. He's been battling it for a couple weeks. They thought there was some impropriety there. Anyway, they're out 500,000 and they lose a six round pick. Uh, is this just going to happen to teams all year, the rest of the year? 
Yeah, I, I think also now they, they to some degree, the league's made its bed by treating the Titans the way they treated the Titans. And you can accelerate that. All right, we now have, uh, you know, the baseline of what the Titans did, and it's going to get more severe for anybody who violates it. But on the other hand, is that fair to shake up the schedules in the way they did? I Like the penalty was the penalty for the Titans, and I feel like they kind of have to abide by that for consistency's sake. I don't know. What do I know about any of this? Please bubble it up. We must have the season. We're too deep. We're I will too say deep. We cannot, it, we can now not do something that is going to ruin what is already tracking. I'm sorry. I know that my team's undefeated, so I'm especially incentive yeah. to feel this way, but for real, we, we, we have too many good storylines going now. We, we, we cannot disrupt things. Come on, everybody. I, Play I, ball, I, behave. But I, yeah, I know. And I say that too. Play ball, behave, but maybe it's not, as the numbers increase, by the way, I know there's a crazy election going on and it might be called like at, during this podcast, but uh, the numbers are up all over the country, right? And even deaths are up 15%. And so it makes me think everyone's getting this. This is not players misbehaving. So uh, we got to figure out. I, I, mean, I don't that, even know that, what the hell my point is, but I'm not going to blame the players as much if the numbers around the country are going up. And uh, there's not a lot we could do. I hear you, it. but it's an especially volatile group of, uh, you know, tw- sure. you know, uh, uh, dozens of 20 uh, somethings. And but I mean, the bigger factor, like you say, is it's a, it's a much larger operation than an NBA team. So you have a lot of people coming in from the outside. It's hundred. It's 100 people on game day involved right. in all the stuff. But and then the crew, the TV crews, everything else. I will say this. Um, I want to get your pick on Hawks bills because that's yeah. a big one, too. But Raiders Chargers stands out because it has the potential to be to replace the um the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the Raiders as the most handsome uniform match. Oh really? I don't well, even know what they're I mean, doing. Yeah. Well I mean the I assume the Chargers are going to show up in their powder blue. Powder blue. And then, right. and then the silver and black that's you know the gold standard ironically for uniforms. Right, you know, I think okay. that's pretty good. But we'll get right, Seahawks we'll get... bills later on. We got something else. To yes, do right we now. will. Oh, look at this. Michael Irvin is on right now. Come on in. Bring him in, Jim. There he is. Yeah, what's up, buddy? What's happening, buddy? <laughs> Michael Irvin. I love it. We're joined by a very special guest. He's going to help us get ready for Steelers Cowboys. I figured let's get someone who knows about what it's like to play in the game, seeing as he helped beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl for his third Super Bowl ring. Yeah, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, the playmaker, NFL Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin. Thanks for coming on Extra Points. Sal, thanks for having me, Sal. You know, I, I watched you this weekend and uh, Thursday night, do your work, man, on the show. I was like, okay. And, and then they called and said, hey, cousin Sal, Sal wants you to call. I said, oh, absolutely. I'm going to uh. <laughs> Even though I'm blitzing and rushing, I got to run in here right now and rush out and get out to L.A., so I can go to work, but but for you, buddy, I break bone, I break bread, <laughs> and I make it happen, and I get to see you right here. I, I, how's everything going? Everything's Wearing that great. cowboy hat. That's you know, right. Listen, listen, go ahead. I, I usually travel, and every time when I travel, you know, I put my hat on, the shades, and everything, and it's always a cowboy hat. Yeah. This is the first year that I've gone to put on other hats. Oh now. no! <laughs> That's how bad this thing is getting right now. That, that, that I, I, I'm not even wearing my cowboy hats through the airports anymore. Have you seen anything like it? I mean, we're on our fourth quarterback right now, and it's Friday morning, and they still have not named the quarterback. They, they, <laughs> Coach McCarthy said, hopefully we have ready for Saturday's practice. Um, 
This is brutal, right? And in a division that's so up for grabs makes it hurt even more, right? It, it is brutal. And, and, and what, what, what is happening is, Cowboys, we've suffered injuries in the most critical places on offense, which is yeah. the quarterback and the offensive line. It's hard to put it together when you suffer on the offensive line and the quarterback. The two most critical positions because you, you, everything starts with, it, with, with those two. And, and, and we're hurting in that area. And I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, well, okay, how do you judge Mike McCarthy in this situation? I said, oh, easy. You judge him like we judged, like, 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 like Mike Tomlin last year, who was mm -hmm. on his fourth quarterback and right. still got the eight and eight some kind of way and almost nine and seven and make the playoffs. Like, like you see in Kyle Shanahan right now, who, who, who's been depleted, but they're still playing good football and still in situations where they're winning games and playing close games. That's how we judge it. Now, now, now Mike Tomlin, he, he, he had lost all his players last year, stayed in the fight. Now he gets back all his players, and with those young guys that got experience while he was fighting and staying in the fight, now they're undefeated. If I see something out of Mike McCarthy that says, okay, he, he has even this group in the fight, then I can know when we get when I, we get everybody back and the guys you pull out of this group added to that group, mm -hmm. maybe we can be undefeated also next year. But right now it's a hard situation. It's tough. On my show, I got this stuffed animal, big, <laughs> big long wolf. I call him Champ, and right on the collar, he, he's my emotional support stuffed animal. Every time <laughs> we talk cowboys, I put him up. I just have to rub him. To soothe my soul, <laughs> to deal with the pain that is being forth, that's being bring, brought forth by what we see on the football field with the Dallas Cowboys. The stuffed animal is going to run away one day. You're going to be like, "What the hell happened here?" Even he couldn't take it. <laughs> right, Mike. Me, Mike. Me. Me. Ike. Ike Taylor and uh, Maurice named that dog uh, Seth a number of years ago. The big German Shepherd that you're talking about there. That's. Uh, I was once driving around the streets of Chicago at the draft. Um, with Mike Irvin and uh, the aforementioned Maurice and Ike and uh, driving in a town car to the draft in the middle of the loop, streets packed with people. Mike has his window down. I mean, I don't know anybody who's more be uh, universally beloved with all these rivalries and fan interests. Yeah. His window was down. Mike rose above that. Some guy ran out into the street just to take a picture. Mike's like, hey, what are you doing? You're going to get hit by a car. You're going to get killed. All right, get over and, here. Let's take the picture. Right, 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 right. And then, remember, DD, he's going to get hit by a car. And I'm saying, <laughs> I, listen, I'm, I'm, concerned, I'm seriously concerned about it. Listen, man, you can't run over here to get an autograph or a picture. You get hit by a car, your family's going to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to sue me for enticing him to run in the street. <laughs> and they'll be like, you shouldn't have had your window down. You entice them when you let the window down. So I'm like, dude, please don't come on this. And then, but, <laughs> like, All right, well, what's done is done. Just take the picture now. Hey, but Mike, <laughs> what about, what about, um, it, it's a weird spot because obviously to keep Dak Prescott now, they're going to have to either tag him again for 40 something million or pay him even more than that long-term. And obviously he was playing dynamite and it, he, he earned the deal. I feel like, but also but what we've learned even when he was in there is the makeup of this team, the formula ain't exactly right. I, do you think if you're, if you're Jer and company, do you feel like, sorry, this is bad, but we got to let that go so we can get 
one of these kids in the draft to, you know, get him on a rookie deal and, and flesh out the rest of the roster. I cannot stress to people enough how crazy all that sounds. <laughs> do you understand? Why do we think that just because we got a player in the draft, oh, he's going to be great. Let me put it to you this way. Right now, first pick in the draft was Baker Mayfield. Are you taking Baker Mayfield over Dak Prescott? I'm not. I'm not taking Baker Mayfield over Dak Prescott. But he was the first pick in the draft. He was a, a top-flight quarterback, right, in the draft. You, you, you can't – this is not like picking fruit. You, people think <laughs> picking quarterback is like picking an apple or orange off the tree, and you can just take any apple or orange and go make a great fruit punch. You can't go take any quarterback and go make a great quarterback. It doesn't work that way. I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. But understand this, too. There are growing pains with Joe Burrow. The Dallas Cowboys have ready-to-win-now talent. They cannot go and say, well, let's start all over with the quarterback. This is why Miami says, stop. Ryan Fitzpatrick, get out. We see a better team than we thought we had, and we don't want to get this team far ahead and not have the, not have the quarterback ready, so we got to put him in right now and let us all go through this together right now. This thing is hard to put together because all of these unknown variables got to come together to work great. So, so no, I'm not into it. Well, let's go try to get Trevor Lawrence. Let's go try to get somebody. Oh, I that's a good impression. He's got down. you, Dave. He's got that impression down. <laughs> even, yeah. down to, even down to the pick and fruit part. Yeah, you're he right, does. Mike. I do love a nice apple. You're exactly right about it. Right, that. right. And we think no matter what we do, this thing going to turn out. You may get a rotten apple and a bad orange and get a tummy <laughs> ache. That's what you're going to get. That's it around. You got to be careful. Especially. Especially at quarterback. We can do some of that at wide receiver. You may be even able to do some of that at running back, but you can't just do that at quarterback. You know, Mike, that's not even Dave's worst take on the board because I want to tell you, he is screwing with, talk about rivalries and fan interests. He is claiming that it's time for the Cowboys to ditch the America's team title. He wants to give it to the Buffalo Bills. I don't get the reasoning. I think we're always going to be America's team, no matter what. Wait. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, I know. Stop, I know. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. One part of the statement, I can, I, I can, I can digest it. Right. I, can, I can go ahead and swallow it and, and, and digest it. The other part, I must regurgitate. I'm going to just throw right back at you. Wait a minute. I understand with how bad things are for Dallas that you want to strip them of the name. What I don't understand is how you're going to wrap the bow in Buffalo. How you gonna wrap it around Buffalo? How do they get the name America's team? I love I'm doing the I'm doing the math on it. Mike, first of all, here's the, the first start of it. How did you become the playmaker? Did you decide you were the playmaker? Or did, did somebody else decide to call you that? Winston Moss. Winston Moss, Jimmy Johnson. It's funny. I had right. Jimmy Johnson on my podcast, and we were mm -hmm. talking about all of this uh, a couple weeks ago. And because Winston, Jimmy, I, I was a freshman coming in. We had just lost Eddie Brown and Stanley Shakespeare. And, and Jimmy, Jimmy said, I need guys out here. I need playmakers out here. And, and, and a couple of weeks, a couple of days later, I'm out practicing, killing everybody as a freshman. And, and Winston Moe said, there's the playmaker right there. That's what you need. We need the playmaker. And, and it took off from that. It just took off. But, but, but I, I told Coach, I'll never forget the moment. I was just a freshman, and I was in the film room watching film, just studying a little bit. And he walked by the office, and he said, 
Coach Johnson said to me as a freshman, he said, Mike, he said, Michael, he said, everybody wants to know what will Miami do? We lost all American Eddie Brown and Stanley Shakespeare. What will they do at wide receiver? He says, hey, wait till I show the world, Michael Irvin. Don't let me down. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, well, God. Well, I think you don't. I've told you this, Mike. You don't get oh, enough cool. credit as the trailblazer for elevating celebrations on the field. You would. You didn't wait to get to the end zone at the U. You would be at about midfield and feel like, oh, I'm going to take this to the house. And you would spread your arms out, number 47 in orange, running down the field with your arms spread out, holding the football. Like, man, you got 45 more yards to go before you're in the end zone. But my point is, you you didn't give yourself the name playmaker. The Cowboys, I mean, what's that? They offered it to the Steelers. And Dan, I'm sorry, Art Rooney said, we're not America's team, we're Pittsburgh's team. That's cool. The Cowboys are like, we'll take it. We'll be America's team. What is right. that? And, and, and thank God, Sal. Thank God they took it. That's right. Everybody. <laughs> see, 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 hey, hey. That's uh, all we got Rudy, now. God bless his soul. But they, 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 they were little, they should have seen this coming. America's <laughs> team. That's, that's, it's, it's a hell of a title. And, and of course, it, it's the standard that the Cowboys have to figure out a way to get back to it. It, it. It's the ultimate standard. So I don't think you can take it from them, but but it does get lends you. You can make all the jokes about it right now with yeah. where they are with that title and that mono. Michael, speaking of showboating, I looked, I watched on YouTube. I watched it five times yesterday. Your first touchdown. Do you remember your first touchdown? NFL. In NFL. NFL, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, against Pittsburgh. Against Pittsburgh. Steve Pallor was your quarterback who probably would make $30 million as a quarterback uh, in 2020. He throws it to you over the middle. You score. You point with the ball. You point to Woodson. You point him down, and you're celebrating, and there's a cutaway to Tom Landry on the sideline who really wants nothing to do with the show. I don't think he knew what to do with you in terms of – I think he was happy just to have a touchdown in those days. Uh, But uh, glorious, and that, that sparked the rivalry. Right? I think that started the Steelers Cowboys. Right? No, no, of course it was years before. <laughs> Back in the 70s, sorry. Of course, it right. started But let me tell you what's so interesting about that when you talk about celebrations. You talk about those celebrations too. When I was at Miami, this is how you guys remember, you see people do the first down. Let me tell you how all, I, I started all of that at Miami. I remember we're, we're, it's, it's like a third and two or something like that, a play that they, 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 they threw a low ball. And I mean, it was, I went down, I had to go and catch it. Off the blade of grass. Boom. And I, I caught it off a blade of grass. And I was like, oh. and the guy told me, I said, oh, that was incredible. And the re- I looked up and the ref was saying, first down. And I was like, that catch is incredible. I, why do I have to wait till I get to the end zone to celebrate that? <laughs> so right then is when I said, I need to come up with something. So I reenacted the catch in slow mo, like I'm re-catching the ball again. And then I came up and yeah, I gave the same first down. Ever since then, you've seen players come up and give the first down. Yeah. That <laughs> Is that right? That's the best. That's a true story. That's where it all started. And, and I remember going to the locker room and the guys were like, Mike, you're not going to wait till you get in the end zone to celebrate? I said, you know, I, I just think that <laughs> we, 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 we have more things to celebrate about. So when, just so when, when we so when we see Zeke Elliott uh, eating soup after a three and a half yard run, we have you to blame for that, right? <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right, if it brings energy to yeah. everybody, 
And to, you know what I mean? It brings in people like, why don't you be like Barry Sanders and just toss the ball to the referee? I said, I love Barry, but Barry mm-hmm. never won any Super Bowls. Why am I following him? <laughs> <laughs> Good for I you. love the move too. It's his personal choice. That's one way to go. But so what's wrong with expressing yourself the way you want to? I'm always supportive but of what's wrong with being hype, D. Let's right. be hype. We just score. Let's be hype. And maybe that infectious energy and emotion goes to the defense. They go out and stop somebody. And now we go celebrate again. That's what it's all about. It's about passing emotions. This game is too hard of a game when you think the basis of it. You 230 pounds, he 230 pounds, both of you run 4-3, run fast as you can and run into each other. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> That's the basis of this he, game. So even we Bill, need that energy. Even we Bill Belichick agrees with that. Um, I, he really does tell, from what I understand, he tells the Patriots to celebrate. Speaking of celebrate, though, Akeem Hicks said a couple weeks ago that one night he drank 40 beers. Who the Cowboys were known to celebrate. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but some of your teammates (laughs) like to get loose when the sun went down. Um, Who on the cow, if you had to bet, if you had to bet your house on it, what Cowboy would you put up against, uh, against Akeem uh, Hicks in, uh, in a beer drinking contest? Well, first D, let's tell people, man, and I don't know if people know the Akeem Hicks story. It's a phenomenal story. It's a phenomenal story for where he had to go. Remember, he had to go to the college in Canada. Yep. He finally get a chance to come back. I'm telling you, I did an interview with him earlier this year. And, and, and if it, just go. You ain't got to watch the interview, but I'm just telling anybody, go go hear a story. Because it's such a story of inspiration and, and motivation. And tell everybody, keep moving. Don't give up on your dreams. You never know where help is going to come from. Keep moving and treat everybody good. And that's what he did. But, but, but Akeem Hicks, what he's telling you about is what guys go through. Like, I, I was last night, I'm watching the game. I see Devontae Adam goes for 173 yards. Yeah. And I was explaining to people, yeah, because they, they think, oh, he must be, well, he must be so happy as he goes home. What Devontae Adams did when he went home is real, he noticed, he said, man, I went out of bounds when I had that touchdown. So, so even though he had 173 yards, his mind won't let go the other 30 that mm-hmm. he slipped out of bounds on because he could have gone over 200. So all night after a game, you your mind just, oh, you're just thinking about that all night. So this is why the 40 beers come in. Because <laughs> after games, your mind is working on what you should have done, what you didn't do, I could have done that. To, the only way to really get some sleep is not go to sleep. It's to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> So, so everybody just starts drinking and having drinks because you're trying to pass out because your body is tired, but your mind won't let the game go. I, I heard it Michael. was Mark Tuane. Oh, yeah, Tuane. I right? heard he could put oh. him away. Tuane, Nate Newton, and, and, and get this last guy that'll fight with him, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Really? He will beer he will beer you in the ground. Trust me. I love it. Oh, that's great. Michael, we're talking about the Steelers, Cowboys rivalry, Super Bowl XXX. You had a good game. I think you had 76 yards receiving. They won 27-17. I was at the game. I know you were. You were on the field. You had better seats. But I was at the game. I'm an idiot though. I'm a big Cowboys fan. I bet the freaking Cowboys minus 13 and a half. They didn't cover. So I left there, obviously ecstatic <coughs> over the win, but I lost my, I got hit hard in the wallet. What are your, some of your memories uh, of that, that stick out from that game? 
So let, let me tell you what sticks out. Uh, first of all, that was that 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 the seventy some yards you talked about. Yeah. I remember one play down the middle that I, that I, I wanted to get, and I remember the touchdown they called back because for me that yeah. was truly supposed to be my MVP. You know, uh, Troy Troy won MVP and we triplets as triplets. Troy won MVP at when we played at when we played in California. He played right. at UCLA. I told Emmett, we 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 Emmett, we, we can't go. We we can't go to to where you're from. We're not going to Pensacola. The closest you can get is to Atlanta. Emmett won MVP in Atlanta in our second Super Bowl. The third Super Bowl was in Miami. The 94 Super Bowl was in Miami. That's when we lost to San Francisco. We spotted them 21 points, and, and we should have won that game and came back and won that game. So, so against the Chargers, that would have been my Super Bowl MVP. We didn't get it. We went back the next year, uh. and it was in Atlanta. Uh, against uh, uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cornell Lake played inside. I ran a post corner post and I grabbed inside his hell inside his shoulder pads, jumped the back. So he was about to intercept the ball. And Troy don't want anybody to intercept the pass. He, he has a real he problem like with that. that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and I love. I told my mama when she was God when she was living. God bless her soul. So, mama, you know I love you, baby. I love you to death, and I'm gonna do everything I can for you. But don't ever try to intercept Troy passes when he's going. <laughs> I will rip off your head. I will rip off your head. For but, but, but I snatched Cornell Lake down, called the touchdown, and they threw a flag. And I walked over the sideline. And everybody yelling, there wasn't pass interference. There was pass interference. And the guy, when everybody calmed down, I creeped up to the ref and said, hey, how did you see that? <laughs> he, was like, he, said, he, said, he said there was passing the field. I said, oh, absolutely it was. But how did you see it? You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't believe he saw it, and I think that took away my my Super Bowl MVP. So so Pittsburgh has caused me some some serious issues in that sense, and and, and I'm expecting them to bring more pain this weekend with what you see on our side of the football field and what you see on their side. Uh, I, I, I that play, if that touchdown stands, you guys blow out the Steelers. Instead, that some it gets to a fourteen three there, and the Steelers. That was a great performance. They almost won that one, if not for Neil O'Donnell, a couple of ways. Sal and I were talking, though, about, because um, I've talked to you and Troy Aikman about this a little bit. You guys, you were talking about staying up at night, like what you what you almost had. Do you still, are you more happy that you got the three, or are you, are you, are you raw about, like, uh, man, we should have had four or five? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and sometimes I have to look in the mirror and say, stop. Or just look back here and say, stop. You got championships on all levels. I <laughs> got national championships. You got championships on all levels. And I still said, I should have had way more. Should have had way more. We, we, we should have had five or six. I, I talked to coach about it. I, 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 it was my first time, really, and it was cathartic for me to just get it out. Coach, you know, we could have been the, still, uh, the Patriots before the Patriots. If you just sat your butt still and stayed here. And yeah. Just, uh, he, he laughs about it and he says, there's no doubt we could have done it, but, but, but it just didn't happen. It didn't work Yo, out. You would have beaten those Niners. It, that first one, when you got the terrible, I know you and Dion go round and round about that one. Speaking of you, Emmett and Troy though, and, uh, and the triplets, there was another good set of triplets, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown and Levy and Bell that broke up. How does, if you're, you, you know, I, I don't, I, I feel like maybe you have some self-confidence. 
How do you feel like <laughs> um, other self-confident wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and A.B., how do you make that work now? I mean, is, is that going to... It feels like that's possibly a gathering storm. Like, man, you only uh, targeted me twice all day, Tom. But let me tell you how it's going to play out, dude. Cause, and, and there are a couple things here. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I had Jerome Bettis on the podcast and, and we talked about this. I said, man, JB, what is it like for you to walk around Pittsburgh? He said, Mike, he said, well, it ain't like it is for you to walk around Dallas, you know, places where they appreciate what you put in and, and they'll love you forever and always harken back to the great days no matter what. You own a city. You know, my family, everybody, they know people here in Dallas. So they know Jerome Bettis people in, in, in Pittsburgh. And I was saying, I'm, I, I, I'm sick. I'm absolutely sick for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell because they had that in Pittsburgh. Why not stay there for a few dollars here? Where are you, what are you doing? Where are you going? And it's not promised that you're going to land in greener pastures. That blows my mind that they must be hurting and thinking about that. There's no way you can't be thinking about it. There's no, that's your legacy. All right. If you had $50 million or 49 million, it ain't gonna change your lifestyle. But that seriously, believing that legacy is something different. And, and, and it's a shame that they won't have that opportunity to lead that legacy. Now to Tampa, it's not about catching passes. Think about this, dog. And you guys see it. Think about this. Every week, what do we see? We see Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the injured list. What does that mean? That means, obviously, these guys are not practicing again this week. One or two days. Tom mm -hmm. is sitting there saying, I know what you said, Bruce Arians. We're not bringing them in. But I, I, I want to continue to build my relationship with these guys. And every week, they're on the injury list. And they're not practicing. So let's bring in A.B., we don't even worry, don't worry about the pass catching disbursement because AB is going to come in and practice like a champ. And I guarantee you, Mike Evans, you'll start seeing him dwindle. He won't be on that injury list as much. Chris Godwin was out for four, five, four to six weeks with a yeah. broken hand. When it, it, then now, now I read what he's talking about. I think I'm coming back next week. That's called the healing power of Antonio Brown. <laughs> That's what that is called right there. So, so they're bringing them in to help these guys learn how to practice at a championship level because even though A.B. made some bad decisions off the field, the one thing everybody agrees with is he always practiced at a championship level. And that's what will help Tampa more than him catching passes. And by the way, Mike, it's not too crazy to think that the Steelers play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, Steelers against yep. Levy and Bell, Steelers play Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, Steelers against Antonio Brown. It could could happen, right? These are not outrageous uh, predictions. No, 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 no. They're not outrageous predictions. They're, they're probably their favorite predictions right now. Yeah. That, that's how it, it would be favorite if somebody said, well, that's what you guys said. Give me the odds on this happening. <laughs> it, would be, it would probably be the favorite right now, which would be which will make for some great dramatic TV. And I, I would love to see that. Speaking of analyzing the odds, I watch you every week on Inside the NFL. Actually, when you're not there, I get very upset. But what you are now asked to pick games by the spread. This is the first year it's happened, right? I mean, did no. you? how much did you pay attention to the spread when you were playing? Is it harder now to, for you to pick these games by the spread? I see you. You're very, you're concentrating very 
very intensely on like I, I know oh, minus three. <laughs> I know Seattle's gonna win, but three, three and a half. My God, oh different a, world. It throws it's you whole, off. Yeah, whole different world. Ray and I was talking about it. You know, and, and actually, it's kind of interesting that we can say it now inside the NFL. You know, we don't do right. it at the network, but we could do it on inside the NFL. Yeah, his team's favored by five. His team favored by six. And yeah, and, and then break down why I believe or don't believe that's going to happen. Now, when I played, I paid no attention to the spread. The only mm. time you paid attention to the spread was when he can put some gas in your tank. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, you're in the line. Oh, they got us. They, they, they got them favored by 14. What kind of <laughs> man are you? What, you know what I mean? So I can use that right. as fuel. What, oh, they, that's what they think of us? They're going to have some other team favored by 14. You try to <laughs> use it as fuel. That's the only time you really talked about it when you were playing. But now calling these games against the spread, Ray Lewis and I was talking about this the other day because I called him and we're watching the game. I'm like, man, this really affects my ability to enjoy the game. Yeah. Because now I'm trying to say, oh, okay, they win, they win. Now, how many points? How many points <laughs> they win? Oh, Ray, oh, please don't go get this field goal. Come on, come on, make a play. Make a play. So even though I'm winning the game, I need them to stop. Don't let them get this field goal right. so I can win on the spread. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it is it, a different world. with your ability to just enjoy the game. You're handling yourself you're, well. Yeah. You're staying with those guys. You have a decent record on there. But, yes, it definitely affects how you watch it. That said, I bet every Cowboy in the locker room knows they're a two-touchdown underdog. How do you see this playing out against the Steelers? Those people are pretty good. Right, they're pretty good in, in, in that assessment right there, uh, and because because I, I just I, I think it's, it's difficult. It's been difficult for the Cowboys to stop teams with one primary good receiver. DK Metcalf went off. You know, mm -hmm. guys are going off, and here comes the Steelers, who have a number of pretty good receivers. Pretty good receiver. They got Chase Claiborne, you know, Juju Smith, Dane Washington's coming around. Uh, Johnson's playing. So, so, so this is this is not going to go well for the Dallas Cowboys. And and they don't even they, 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 they don't even know who they have playing quarterback. You know, <laughs> so so it's just it, it's a hard thing. Pittsburgh does the most important thing on the football field from a defense standpoint. They sack the quarterback and take away the ball. They yeah. sack the quarterback to take away the ball. That's the greatest thing in the world you can do. And Dallas already has problems scoring and maintaining drives. And here comes the very best at sacking the quarterback and taking away the ball. So it, this, this can be an ugly day. Really? Oh, I was thinking the only hope is that the Steelers are banged up from the Baltimore game. They rest their players a little bit. They just came off a physical game. And maybe they want to win by 10 or something. I, I, I don't know. And the Cowboys haven't covered the, the thing that would have helped you, the thing that would have saved that one is the Pittsburgh kid, Ben DiNucci. Maybe the Steelers would be like Mike Tomlin on down would be like, well, we shouldn't beat the crap out of this Pittsburgh kid too bad. Let, 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 let him get a touchdown <laughs> here. It's the fourth quarter. We're going to win. Just let him get one touchdown. It'll exactly. be a thrill for the kid. And he's not uh, even uh, in consideration. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, that, that's not even a consideration on that part because <laughs> of what you guys talked about. Because of what you talked about. And this is an issue. See, right now, Pittsburgh has one Super Bowl more than the Cowboys. That's right. right? Cowboys yeah. got five. It, mm -hmm. You know, so so now, but the Cowboys still dawn at America's team. And this is what it gets but, but just, just up under my crawl with the young guys that we have today. Like, they don't get it. Do you not understand? People hate you. 
because you play for the Cowboys. Get some <laughs> hate in you for them. Stop just letting them hate you and beat you down like this. Get some hate in you for them. That's what I want these guys to do. Understand when you walk on that field that you already have people that are against you and get mad at them for being against you and don't take this kind of a beating. But you know, Mike, deep down, you know that a, a kid who grew up on Long Island and rooted oh, for the on. Mets and the Islanders yeah. and everything, it's disgraceful that he embraced uh, Tom Landry's Cowboys. That makes no sense, right? No, no, no. Talk to Sal. That's, I mean, it's not too late to make a good choice. Michael, you love the cheerleaders. You had to love the cheerleaders. The the, the dumb TV show Dallas, uh, Danny White with a punter and a quarterback. I, I loved it all. I, I couldn't shed it. I didn't care where I lived. It was different. And that's, that's what, what makes what it makes America's it so team. Great. Right. That's, that's what, what America's makes team. it America's team. Yeah. And, and here it is. It's the star. You know, that's right in the flag. The stars yeah. are right in the flag. They got the Cowboys <laughs> stars all over the flag. This is the perfect set. This is what it is. I'm telling you. Actually, that's why Mike, actually not anymore. Trump changed that. There's no star in the flag. He just, uh, <laughs> one, one of his crazy executive orders. But that, yeah, that's breaking news. I, I didn't want to tell you here, but... Uh, Wow, Michael Irvin, you are the greatest. What It's always uh, great talking to you. What do you have to plug, buddy? I know you got that podcast you're excited about. You do a great job. Yeah, but and that's, you know, that, that, this, of course, you know, all, all those shows, you talk about Inside NFL, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Game Day Morning, uh, Thursday Night Football, all other shows I do. Honestly, honestly, the more fun is what we're doing right here. I tell people, you know, in, in those settings, I'm yeah. really talking uh, to people. Mm-hmm. You know, but in this setting, we get to really speak yeah. with people in a sense, and we exchange and collaborate, exchange ideas. That's why I diversity is so important, and everybody gets inspired. I enjoy doing what we're doing right now in the podcast, man. That's the uh, MIP is what I call the Michael. Okay, good. Come back it's Monday, Jim. Send them the Zoom link Monday, and then Tuesday, and then Wednesday. We'll just have them every day. You heard him. He said, <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what I'm saying, buddy. <laughs> this, this is fun stuff, man. This yeah. is fun stuff. We we get to tell the stories uh, 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 of life on the football field and try to inspire others uh, to, to to help their life and move around and do better things. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. What's the name of the podcast so people can check it out? The MIP, the Michael Urban Podcast on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. That's how I almost sound like that lady. You can find the <laughs> Michael Urban Podcast. Spotify, Podcast One, on Apple Podcasts. You know, that, so you can find it everywhere. Excellent. Thank you so much, Michael. You're an you're a absolute joy to have on. And uh, go Cowboys. Keep this close, huh? Please play with pride. Something. Please. Hey, listen, Sal, get you an emotional support stuff animal. Okay. You would need it for this season. I'm just helping you deal with your emotion okay. so you don't get lost. That's all I'm saying, buddy. I'll try it. Oh. Thanks so much, pal. Thanks for coming on. All right. Then. All right. Oh, what a delight. What oh, a delight guy. 88 and 47. Don't forget, he was running around there, too, yeah, in that yeah. 47 in college. What <laughs> wide receiver wears 47? That's weird, even in, even in was, college. <laughs> Look, he's still hanging around. We can talk about it. <laughs> I love you guys. I got, <laughs> hey, 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 and I got to go get a plane to get to L.A. right now. I'm messing around, messing around with you guys. I'm going to have to call the airport and tell them to hold that plane. Go ahead. I'm going to have your support dog you. pick you up at, the, at LAX. He'll That's pick right. you up over there. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care, buddy. <laughs> Ah, so much fun. I hope so nobody fun. uh runs out onto the freeway to take a picture with him. <laughs> Listen, he, he said he's, he'll come back. He loves this more than his actual job. So 
Jim, Joel, you heard he's going to be on every single day with us now. Um, it's not overthinking. It. Yeah, it's, it's what's done <laughs> is done. The first uh, few months I was working with him, I went to the to the combine in Indy and we were down or might have been actually the Super Bowl, but uh, with the Giants and uh, pages. Either way, we're down there throwing a ball. Just I'm I'm, ca- I'm having a catch with Michael Irvin on, on a football field. It was uh, crazy. And I threw him one and he caught it in the corner of the end zone of this empty stadium. And he turned around and he struck that pose he always did where he extended his arms and looked up at the crowd. And I said, uh, what's that like? What's that feel like when when 70,000 people are cheering for you? He's like, I, I've had a lot of good times. You, you hear his voice. Yeah. Um, I've had so many good times in my life. You might have heard a thing or two about some of those. Nothing compares to that moment. There's no, there's no replacing that moment in your life. It was a, it was a, really? a cool... Yeah, I mean, it's a. Re- I mean, obviously, we'd all love to be cheered yeah, like that. It sure. must be cool to to get to do that and have people the, the, that immediate reaction like that was pretty lucid and uh, and interesting to hear that from him several years after he retired. So good, so good. I could talk to him any any day of the week. Oh, it's so good. All right, let's give some love to our partner at Fanduel before we get started. I do promise you, Fanduel didn't put me in charge of the sports book for a day. Probably smart, but these same game parlays definitely something. I, Dave, you would have come up with. Thank you, FanDuel, for the gambling gift. So many different combinations you can play with these parlays. Player props, point totals, money lines. It's the best. And the best of the best is that FanDuel will refund the first same game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week up to $10. That means you can bet a different parlay risk-free every NFL week all season long. Free money. Are you kidding me? You get it back Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday, local teams. Let's uh, analyze Seahawks' bills. Seahawks are laying three, 54 and a half is the over-under. I'm going to do a crazy little uh, same-game parlay here. Bills plus 15 and a half and over 26 and a half for their team total against that cruddy defense of Seattle. Get you minus 11. So that's easy. 11 to win 10. The player props aren't up yet. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the bills plus 15 and a half over 26 and a half minus one. 11. There you go. Uh, Fandle.com. Use the promo code extra points so they know we sent you. If you don't have an account, do it now. Fandle Sportsbook app. Promo code extra points when you sign up. Same game parlays. Dave, what do you think of that real quick? Seahawks bills. I think that could be another trap game. I don't know why this is three. We like Seattle. They travel well. They do all the right things. But I think Buffalo in this spot. I completely agree with you. This is way too easy. Jamal Adams back, plugging in Carlos Dunlap. I do feel like it's one of those things that people say about baseball, about like if you're strong up the middle, you're good. I feel like it's one of those things in the NFL now that if you if you have somebody, if you have a playmaker at all three levels of your defense, maybe that'll fix things. But as constituted... Last we saw them. I, I just don't think the Seahawks are top to bottom. But the, everybody's out on the Bills now. About time they, they they start rallying or the Dolphins are going to end up stealing that bum division. It seems like, uh, well, I, I, you could say the same thing for Buffalo, but Seattle's taking care of business in their division. They're coming off of two division games, and I think next week they play the Rams. So I don't want to say that they're looking ahead, but this is a lot of travel. This is certainly a game that they could put up a stinker. We talked about teams for no reason not playing two of their games to their capacity. Uh, This could be one of them. Who is out there that isn't a Bills diehard that's like, 
yep, I got the Bills winning this game straight up. I just think mm-hmm. that, that uh, nobody's feeling that way, and that scares me. I feel like the Bills, you know, with Seahawks traveling across the country for the points you made. I kind of think I, I, I kind of think I'm going to take the Bills here. I have to meditate on it. Do it. Do I've it. meditated. Bills. Oh, he did it. That was a quick meditation. Yeah, I know. Well, I didn't want to waste anybody's time. I've seen that go hours and hours. Our friend John Bynes, it would, uh, you wouldn't see him uh, the next day. He would come out of it. But yeah, that was pretty good. I think that's how it's a, that was an efficient way to do it. All right. It's time now for our extra points for extra pay, parlay, FanDuel, boost the points. They boost the odds. It's me. It's Dave. It's Charlotte, who is not here, but she did provide a pick. They're going to boost these points and these odds. Charlotte starts off with the Bears plus seven and a half. I believe it was plus six and a half. They gave us an extra point. That is a crucial point playing over the very important seven line there against the Tennessee Titans. Hey, what makes a struggling defense? Well, go against that Titans secondary. I agree with Charlotte here. I think they stay at least within seven and a half points. Dave, what is your extra points for extra pay pick? I do like that pick, by the way. I think that it's starting the the, the grim reality of not having Taylor Lewan, uh and as Khalil Mack and company um, roll into the stadium. I think that's a bad matchup there. I do like the Bears there. I'm going to go with, I guess, what's considered the the showcase game of the weekend, Bucks and Saints. The Bucks just have to have this game um, if they have any realistic shot of, finish, of finishing as the number one seed, of course. Breeze already beat Brady in week one. The good news for the Bucs is, and for anybody who likes Tampa this weekend is, Brady and company bounced back that one from that one. Then we got down again on Brady and company after the Bears did to them what they did in Chicago. Big bounce back from Brady and company there. Now they're injecting Antonio Brown into the mix there. Drew Brees with the bum shoulder. The defense has been questionable at best ever since that week one game. I'm going with Tampa in a game that you know Tom Brady has his eye on the prize, the number one seed in the NFC. I think they get over at uh, at uh, minus three and a half. I'm with you. That's a good number, too. And if they win 24-20, we, we cover with the three and a half, thanks to Fandle giving us that extra point. Uh, yes, Breeze with the shoulder. Maybe it doesn't matter if he plays against the Panthers or a team like that. But if he's down 14-3, you know, the dump-offs to Alvin Kamara – might not be as effective. He might have to throw downfield. Haven't seen it a lot. And this Bucks defense is so much better than it was in the first week that they played there. It seemed more disciplined. They don't commit penalties. I love like that pick, Dave. Bucks minus three and a half. I like it too, but now it's time for jive. <laughs> Here comes Sal with the jive talk, I know everybody. You don't All like right. it. Our I don't teams know. are butting heads. Cowboys, Steelers, and it just Seems like too many points. And with FanDuel being so generous, giving us an extra point, we are taking the Cowboys to 15 and a half. Now, I know the Steelers just had a battle with the Ravens. They may not step on the gas fully against the Cowboys. Why do they get up for this game? Why does Tomlin care about this game? He can win by 10 or 12. It won't matter. The last 15 games where the Steelers were double-digit favorites, 3-12 3-12 and 12 against the spread. They lead the league in six wins by 10 or fewer points. And let me tell you something, a little reminder, Dave, Mike McCarthy beat your Steelers in the Super Bowl. So does that mean no they're going to win do on that. Sunday? There's no reason for that talk. We don't have to do that. They're not going to win the Cowboys. But 
They are going to cover for the first time in nine weeks. They're going to lose 24-14. I don't care who's quarterback. I'm getting 15 and a half points thanks to FanDuel. We have the Bears plus seven and a half. We have the Bucks minus three and a half. We have the Cowboys plus 15 and a half. They are boosting those odds. FanDuel is from plus 454 to plus 550. Go get it. FanDuel.com slash extra points. The bettors have already made $2.4 million off of our parlays. Let's make it even more. Count all the votes, too. Plus 550. Dave, come on. Root for the Cowboys. I lie, I, I listen, I'm not going to push back on that one. You, you mentioned uh, some of the numbers that go against it. History is on your side in this regard, not just against the numbers. Straight up, the uh, Tomlin's teams, it is a bizarre kryptonite, but it's gone on for a decade and a half now uh, with him that his struggle has been Good team, I mean, bad teams on the road. When he went, when the Steelers travel, whether it's to Oakland to play the one in 11 Raiders or the Bum Broncos a few years ago or whoever it is, I mean, and now it's your team, unfortunately for you, counts as a stinking team with, uh, with, you know, their 17th quarterback of the season in there. Uh, I know it seems crazy, but, you know, 15 and a half is 15 and a half. 15 and a half at home. Pride, haven't covered all year. It's got to happen against a team that, maybe doesn't need to blow out somebody after the Ravens win. That's my reasoning. They could lose 34-3, but I don't think so. Bears plus 7.5, Bucks minus 3.5, Cowboys plus 15.5, FanDuel.com slash extra points. Get on that now before the numbers change. Dave, what's going on? Minus 3, you got your podcast with Jeff Schwartz? Yes, we do. And our uh, special one is we keep our eye on all things Northeast in the NFC East and otherwise. You got a good one, Washington. And the Giants don't laugh too much. It's not inconceivable that one of these teams could <laughs> could still win that division. Although I think the Eagles, as they're starting to get healthy with pass catchers, are going to pull away. Um, we got that one, though. FanDuel.com slash minus three minus the word number three. How do you feel about this, Sal? Boost it up to plus 110. We've got uh, we've got the Giants plus two and a half. Schwartz is Ugh. really hip on this. I'm more on Washington side. Go ahead and fade me and ride with Schwartz if if you want to. He has a lot of reasons. He can talk you into it. I just I don't know. I feel like the locker room is is probably my reason for Washington is is the locker room starting to look at Danny Dimes and saying I don't know if he's the he's the real deal. Mm. Go ahead and fade me though, Giants fans and uh, and get in on uh, Big Blue here. Well, I'll say this. I was asking Eddie Spaghetti, he sits on in, in our uh, our Thursday night check-in. He figures it out and we we go live to Twitter. Uh, thank you for watching. If you didn't screw, I don't know what the hell else better you could do. You see a guy touching a map for uh, four hours straight. No, check out our li- our half times. Dave does it on Monday. I do it with the trifecta on Thursday. But anyway, after we were done, I asked Eddie Spaghetti about this game. He gave me like twenty five minute breakdown on this. Oh, and, he'll uh, go on and on. Oh, he loves him. it. He loves it. Uh, I think he's confident. I would just take the underdog here. I don't know. I would get the Giants. I get that ta- uh, Tampa Washington lost with a two-point conversion attempt at the end. Um, so it's a toss-up game then. It's probably a toss-up game now. I would take the points. I, I don't, don't think, I, I really think that Washington could have had one extra win here, and then they'd really be in the mix. I don't know why they're not yeah. rolling with Dwayne Haskins, but I do want to say 
um, especially here with uh, another Steelers traditional rival and everything. We had Joey Molinaro on, who's a big Steelers fan, big breakout star of the internets uh, here in 2020, a a ray of sunshine in the Mm -hmm. age of COVID. And uh, he's the impressionist that you see all over the place doing Nick Saban and Ed Ed Orgeron and those guys. We had him do um, a debate about uh, font styles that the two SEC coaches (laughs) like, stuff like that. And uh, so good times with him. Go check out Minus 3, if you please. Yeah, check it out and we're going to retweet that on the extra points uh handle on twitter yes uh thank you to michael Irvin. always a joy great times hey listen to the lemon pepper parlay podcast with rob parker and tj hushmanzada waiver wired with jerry ferrara and jen piacenti laugh lines was fun this week with megan uh, galley and uh rachel bonetta and what else? I said waiver wired. I got them all. Did I get them all? You got know. it. You said all it. All right. That's of course minus three. Charlotte will be back on Monday. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember you're all my favorites. See you Monday. Go Cowboys. Now boo. Boo.